Welcome to Lunch and Lead Gen Podcast. I'm your host, Mary Sue Dayhill, a founder of Work Smarter Digital. In this podcast, I interview successful business owners that have figured out their lead generation systems that bring them steady and predictable revenue, which is so important. And what do I mean by lead generation? It, it is how your business attracts new leads, nurtures them, and converts them into paying clients. So let's meet our guest, Mary Kravitz, founder of Simply Get Clients, and she is a client generation expert who helps entrepreneurs significantly grow their business without working nights and weekends, and she is the one that taught me how to do lead generation. <laughs> so Mary, are you ready to share behind the scenes? Of I'm, <laughs> I'm so ready, and I'm so honored to be your first guest. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I couldn't, I didn't think of any better way to start. <laughs> Thank you. Well, to kick it off, I would love to know, would you consider yourself a cat person or a dog person? I am one of those rare breeds. I am definitely both. Oh, okay. <laughs> I am definitely both. I've got a kitten right now. And um, when we get into a bigger place, we're going to have a dog. So oh, awesome. both for sure. <laughs> if I can see that, are you going to get a dachshund like us? <laughs> Um, Probably signs not point yet. to no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all right. <laughs> well, would you mind just sharing a little bit more about how you um, work with people on their lead generation? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my business, Simply Get Clients, uh, started about 10, 10 and a half years ago now. Wow. <laughs> and um, what I find is that most people are in the position that I was in, which is that there's so much going on in business that actually the client generation part of it gets a little lost in the shuffle. And mine got so lost in the shuffle in the early days of my business that I actually, I burned out. I was doing all the wrong things, undervaluing myself. And, and so I burned out, diagnosed with adrenal exhaustion, and I had to with four hours of energy a week, I had to figure out how do I keep the business going? And this is what brought for me, brought into sharp focus, the fact that client generation, lead generation is my number one job. And so if I don't have energy to do anything else, you're not going to be posting I, on social media. Correct. <laughs> correct. And, and figuring out what what is working. And that's what I do with my clients. We look at um, the overall framework of client generation, which contains a lot of different pieces that people usually learn separately. But when you get them all working together, get much better results with a specific emphasis on the actions, the 100% controllable actions you can take in order to generate leads. Yes. Well, and I, I would say just having been your client, I think it's when you said the 100% controllable actions, that to me was the biggest, um, like, aha, I can do, you know, I can control this part. And I have consistently and will continually try to figure out how can I control all aspects. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I started a podcast. Um <clears throat> So what is one, one of the most difficult things of being a business owner to you? I mean, I know that you said when you started, you were, you know, you exhausted yourself, but um, mm -hmm. today, even what is something that you still find difficult or a challenge? Um, yeah, time, time management. It, it's always time because 
most people in my world, the people I attract, they're like me. And once we accomplish something, uh, we're looking for what is that next thing. And so there's no such thing as being done. Um, and that's, and that's, we, I think it's something really to embrace uh, and acknowledge uh, intentionally because you can either view it as I always have that next goal and I'm always striving because I'm looking to grow, or you can look at it as I'm always falling short and just being able to decide. I love that reframing. <laughs> you, you have to, you will drive yourself crazy. Now, the, the challenge in all of that is that as you're reaching for that next peak, you've just accomplished something, you've got to celebrate it, you got to be, but you're going to fill up your time. Yes. for the next level. So time management is is hands down the thing that that is a constant challenge. I actually have my own time management coach and uh, because because I'm really good at it and I'm still having to to sharpen my skills and adjust my strategies as my business changes, as I grow my team, as I bring in more automation, you know, as I do all these things, how I interact with my schedule and how I serve my clients, it changes. So yeah, that is so important. It, it will. And the evolution means that you're constantly adjusting and growing. Um, you're never doing the same thing twice. <laughs> no. And the more you can acknowledge and accept that it is, that is your choice. That is what you are doing on purpose. Then You'll see it as a as something to to tackle, something to evolve, as you said, instead of falling short. Yeah, I like so that. Important. <laughs> um, so, well, tell us about like some of your biggest lead generation failures. So, obviously, you got it. <laughs> you had to figure it out too at some point. So, way back ten years ago, what were you doing that didn't work and that helped you learn what was working? Okay, so. Uh, I've got a couple of things around this. Okay. So way back when it was doing everything, trying to do everything and chasing after, oh, you know, the new thing. So last year it was clubhouse and I, I got the bug and I'm like, oh, I got to do this. It's like, nope. I have to pull myself back, check in with my business coach and so on. Um, so the first mistake I made was just trying to do everything. Um, the, the most recent mistake was 2017. I'd crossed the six-figure mark. I think I was making a couple hundred thousand dollars. And I'm like, okay, now that I'm at this point, I obviously need to dive into Facebook ads and a funnel and automate, mm-hmm. like all this like opt-in and 22 email ser- automated series. And I invested something like $10,000 to, for an expert to do it. Cause I, 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 that was one smart thing I did. As I said, I don't want, I'm not going to learn to be an automation expert myself. I'm not going to learn to be an online marketer myself. I'm going to hire someone. Well, turns out the guy just sucked and um, I was able to negotiate a partial refund, but what I ignored was the thing that got me focused way back when I was recovering from my illness. And that is the central question of what's working. Yes. What's working? Maximize that. Maximize that first. And I promise you, anybody who's listening to this, whatever you have in place right now, whatever is working, 
there is another level to maximize the results you're getting out of that to get better results out of what is already working rather than trying to figure out what's the next thing. So my clients, I drum it into them. It's like, don't ask what else can I do? Ask what's working. Dive deeper there. I recall in one of your mastermind classes, I I had this idea that I was going to reach out to anybody that was new, a new business in my county, you know, and send them an email about systems and stuff. And you were like, why would you do that? (laughs) Like you're already speaking and bringing in leads. So why would you do that? (laughs) And one of the things that is a great litmus test when you're thinking about trying something is, okay, so I'll give you an example. I was working with a real estate agent um, as a client. She was one of my clients ages ago. And I said, well, what are you thinking about doing to promote the business? She goes, I'm going to go around this neighborhood I want to work in, and I'm going to put flyers on every door. And I'm like, okay, great. I took a quick pause and I said, the last time a flyer was put on on your door, what did you do? And she goes, oh, I threw it away. (laughs) So, the litmus test is, and it's not the only test, but right. how do you react to getting a cold call, <laughs> a, a cold email, a, whatever it is? Yes. How would so you that react? That's a good, really good point. And I certainly learned that lesson. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did not try that, by the way. That was one of I the, remember. an avoided <laughs> failure. So um, how do you do your lead generation today? Like what really works for you? Yeah, the majority of my, uh, my lead generation comes from speaking. And, I, um, and I've become an expert at how to generate clients from no fee speaking, from, uh, from unpaid speaking events. And you know, kind of leaning over into where, to your area of expertise, the piece that makes it work, because I do sometimes 12 speaking gigs in a month. I mean, that's, that's a lot more usually about six, six to 12 uh, speaking gigs a month. And then the, the fortune is in the follow-up. Yeah. And keeping these people around because the thing is, is that when people hear me speak, they're not always in a market in the market to hire me right away, and that's fine. I'm not up there going, "You have to hire me now, or you're going to die." You know, I I don't do that. Um, so that means I need to nurture and keep in touch. And so my my automation systems, the follow up systems, um, the ability to to keep in touch, deliver valuable information. Um, know how to find their contact information, not be doing it through my, you know, phone contacts. It's absolutely critical. So my number one way of generating leads is, is definitely speaking, um, especially now that everything went virtual for 2020 is continuing virtual through 2021. Um, the, the profit of the, the, options, the availability of different options to speak, like the opportunities, huge, huge, right, huge. Now, like you can go almost anywhere. You can go almost anywhere. And it's so much more profitable. In 2020, my, um, my revenue went down by 7%, but my net income went up by 25%. Ah, yeah. Cause you, Travel. I met you yeah, in, at a conference in Virginia and you live in California. So yeah. you didn't have to, to pay to be there in person. <laughs> no. So it is it is absolutely a huge opportunity um, for service-based businesses. It's one of the best ways to generate leads. And it really feeds that 
um, my core value of, of impact. Yes. I get to be making a difference and generating leads like all at once. Yes. One strategy. Well, and one thing that I find with your speaking, because I've obviously been to your, um, where I met you, um, Mm -hmm. is that your pitch, which is your main lead generation is not to purchase something. Mm -mm. It's a much softer. It's inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a per in general, when you go in as a guest speaker to someone else's group, let's say you are at a networking group or a chamber of commerce or an alumni group, you are, you are a guest speaker and those people did not show up to, to buy from you. Um, in general, I say in general, because there, there's always exceptions. Everything that I teach, it's all about like judging the situation, like really understanding what is appropriate in the situation. So in front of an audience, you know, there's a whole no like trust by uh, yeah. process. Continuum, yes. Continuum, thank you. And so when when you're in front of a uh, an audience of strangers, you they know you now, you, you're getting them to like you, you're moving into trust-ish, but you're just edging into that. So selling something at that point, you really risk not having the opportunity to follow up and have that long-term relationship. While at the same time, you do want to be able to identify who's ready right now to have a conversation. Because I do have people show up to my talks who are like, I'm coming to see Mary because I've think, been thinking about hiring her and I just want to check her out. Yeah, and they're so, coming already. And kind of exactly. So the, the pitch is if you'd like to talk to me about my programs, if, if that's something that's appropriate right now, get on my calendar, get on my team's calendar. Right. Yeah. So you're, you know, you're basically getting people to schedule time with you. So that's your, your offer, but do you, you also collect emails? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And actually, so here's something I literally learned yesterday. Okay. So this is like hot off the presses stuff. So with my speaking gigs, my, um, my primary focus has always been get people on my calendar. And so when I'm looking at what incentives do I offer and so forth, I always beefed up the offer. Mm. Yesterday, because of a a technical snafu I had earlier this week, (laughs) I actually, yesterday at a speaking gig, I decided um, to give additional resources, like right in the middle of the talk, and I made them huge and awesome. And I tell you, usually I get about about 40 to 60% of people opting into whatever free resource I offer. I had like 80%, 90% opting in. And I realized that that collecting of the information, that has to be what is most strongly um, emphasized and emphasized and incentivized. Ah, and okay. it, it just gave me this whole new perspective because the, and the incentive was to come to one of my live trainings and right. that's where I can make a paid offer. And it's completely appropriate. Woo-hoo! That so, is really smart. Mary, you're always I, so smart. <laughs> and, and this is why I love working with my clients is because I'm out there just like 
digging and and doing stuff right ahead of them. And then like, oh my gosh, look what I just found out. And then I teach it. And then I get to dig a little further. Um, I don't learn well from other people. I am hard headed and I have to do it myself, but I'm here to make it easier for everybody else. <laughs> I, I am your people. <laughs> it, um, experience. Yes. You have to learn through experience. Yep. For sure. <laughs> Well, I love that. So um, you speak, you, your two offers are a discovery call and um, some cool gift to get on your mailing list, essentially. Yeah. Is that all your lead generation strategy or um, do you yeah. do any other? Do you so? I also do. Yeah, I do almost, almost exclusively like my team and I, we mostly work on the lead generation through um, speaking. So that's all of the outreach, which is something else we have to keep track of. Um, and then also referral generation. And that is we do um, short meetings with my sphere of influence. We look how we can um, refer people out. I love being able to refer you, Mary Sue. Oh, I, I love, I love receiving referrals, but I'll tell you what, I get so jazzed. I think a couple of weeks ago, I gave out like five referrals and I was like, yeah, because <laughs> that it just feels so great to know that I'm putting prosperity in other people's hands. So the referral generation piece, it's actually referral generation is the number one way that, that service-based businesses get business, um, but they don't know how to systematize it. They don't think of it as a strategy. They think of it as something that just happens to them. And I know one of the things that that I love about your system that you use is we just married my strategy with your system. So yes. this this 15 minute referral call thing, we just dialed that into your auto responding system. I don't know how it works. That's your yep. thing. Um, <laughs> But I love how that just worked really seamlessly together. And that's that's really the key. It's like automation alone, nope, you're just going to be mired in tech. Strategy alone, you can get really mired in manual doing. It's the, the idea of bringing these two pieces together. That's where you really start to get your time back, get more results. Yes, get more results. I, I, I totally agree with that because I think it was, I was doing a lot of stuff before I worked with you on lead generation and I did do some speaking, but I didn't have the like full life cycle thought out. You know, I was just focusing on collecting names. And I do think a lot of my clients um, do the same thing where they collect a lot of names and then it comes to a screeching halt and they don't do any kind of nurturing or it's really, it's like a trickle. And um, so they wonder why they're not the mailing list isn't that important to them. But I know for me, my next client, my client in a year is on my mailing list right now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And yeah, I also use like referral generation. I think that's so smart. So easy to do. So um, were there any other kind of twists and turns along the way as you were figuring out that speaking was your main lead um, generation, or did you land on that early on? You know what? I landed on it early on. Um, and the way I landed on it is I was spending a lot of time networking, which is, which is a, it's good to build your network, to, to understand how to present yourself and so forth. Networking is fantastic, but it, felt after a while, it felt a little tedious, like, okay, meeting people one by one by one. And then you got to schedule the coffee afterwards. And then it, I really love nurturing relationships, but it's slow. It felt like slow going. 
And then I realized if I am the speaker, then I get, I get in front of everyone. I get the opportunity to collect information. I get the opportunity to make an offer. Um, and I can do in the time that I can do a networking event, I can do a speaking event and get like a hundred times better results out of it. And so I just started into it. And that's where I started to see the growth. Now, the twist came (laughs) four years later when I decided, you know what? I'm just not converting enough leads. I need to hire an expert. So, uh, God, I've hired really, I have, I have dreadful um, taste in hiring experts, apparently. Um, I hired someone who uh, helped me with the sales in my, that's woven through my talk. And it was, I got blackballed from a couple of groups because it was too salesy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy to report that I have nurtured that those relationships and have been invited back. I'm actually invited back to that blackballed group this month. It took like three years of nurturing and saying, this was not my intention. I'm learning like everyone else and just being really transparent. But that was, it was so important to me. Both of those falls were really important because what it, it reminded me of, so I'm going to go back to the earlier one where it was, you know, the online marketing. What I learned is that what I do works and works better. I can get to $320,000 doing exactly what I'm doing right now. I've calculated it. I know my capacity. I I don't have to do anything but referrals and speaking, and I can get to $320,000. Wow. Beyond that, it goes back to what's working. It goes back to what's working. So so that that disaster, that technical disaster, (laughs) gave me a higher level of conviction for my own business and also for what I teach, knowing how how expensive and, and (laughs) going in the wrong direction. Some of this uh, online marketing is and how much cheaper and easier and more authentic feeling, more connected you are to lead generation, the way I teach it. So it gave me a stronger sense of conviction when it was out there in the world saying, Hey guys, look at this. I mean it. It's way easier. So that's what came out of that. That was fantastic. And then with the speaking person, I, I hired it forced me to step back and say, I know what I'm doing. I understand where audiences are by the end of my talk. I understand that I can give away a shitload of value and never have to worry about, am I giving too much away? Because I know how to structure it. And it made me trust that. It forced me to trust it. And then I started getting results from doing it my way, my structure, getting results. And then I got to teach it. And then yeah. I got to watch other people do it. So, you know, the, I follow the biggest, your method. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it all came from the, what felt like tremendous mistakes. Yeah. Well, I love that. So when you, you, you touched on goals, so what are your lead gen goals? And, that, and because you also say that um, you focus on those things that you can control. So obviously we yes. all want you know, make so much money and bring in so many Mm -hmm. clients, but I don't think that's what you really track as far as your lead generation goals. Well, okay. So the two ends of the, the, uh, the process of lead generation for me is what's your goal? What's your income goal? Like everything that you want 
whether it's serving people, vacations, paying off debts, getting a Lamborghini, whatever it is, you can tie it to an income goal. Okay. Right. More time off, you know, more impact in the world. You can tell how many people you're impacting by how much revenue you're making. It's not the only measure, but in business, if you don't have an income goal, you're, you're going to probably, <laughs> it's not a business. You need to acknowledge the, the, the work, the, uh, the importance of the financial piece. So income goal on one end, on the other end, the activity you put into it. Right. And it's figuring out how to connect them in between. So the activity on one end, the 100% controllable activities. Very early on in my entrepreneurial career, when I was a real estate agent, I was taught you can control activities, not results. Mm-hmm. Control activities, not results. That's probably one of the most important things I learned. It's just stuck with me. And so when I'm looking at what I want to create, I you have to be able to break it down and track it all the way back to what are the actions that I do. And, and it's based on, okay, here's your income. Here's how many clients you need to get there. Here's how many prospects you need in order to get those clients. And then the question is, how do you create those prospects? And so for me and my team, what we have is we have a list and my admin's job is to do 50 speaking inquiries a month. My job is to do 20 speaking inquiries a month. The, you know, and we've got all these other metrics that you have. You said earlier, you have a target of like six to 12 speaking gigs a month and you've learned that it takes about, this is, this is what what it's not like 70 inquiries to be able to get land a few speaking gigs. So it's not one. (laughs) Just to give you the the um, the conversion, I usually use. Now we do more because we're doing a lot of research. Because we're actually, I'm opening up a speaking booking division. Oh wow! <laughs> my company. Oh, That's so like been- you know, like I could uh, pay you to do my speaking booking. I love that. Yeah. Oh, not. And here's the fun thing: it's not me. Yeah. It's my team using my right. method that I'm supervising, which is something I've been dreaming of for a long time—a service that doesn't <laughs> require my hands. So anyway, that's exciting. Um, I don't even remember what it, oh, okay. So we're doing a lot more research than usual because I'm training my team how to do it, how to search, how to look, how to ask the questions, how to connect with the organizers. So we're doing a little bit more, but the conversion for anyone who's a speaker, if you're doing the right outreach and you're in front of the right groups and you've got the right titles, then you should be converting about one in 10 inquiries, about one in 10 when you're getting started you're getting about one booking for every 10 inquiries. As you get going and as you get known in groups, now, um, then you're going to probably get closer to like one in five when you're, right. when you're concentrating on known organizations that you've spoken for before, you're a member of those ones, you'll convert better. That is, well, that is fascinating. I always learn something. <laughs> well, so um, let's transition a little bit because um what you're doing is amazing, but as you can hear, you know, you're, you're getting a lot of people that are handing you their contact information somehow. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think that you're only the paper person where they write their name on a piece of paper and then you've got to go type it into some system. So what are the tools that you use behind the scenes that really help you um, collect leads, nurture them and convert them? Well, so we've grown to the point where we're using a lot of different things, 
some of the people, uh, okay. So the, the experts I have on my team, they love certain systems and so they work with them well <laughs> and I don't love them. I find them glitchy, but because I have the right people in place. So let's just say I'm going to use the generic term for a lot of these. All right. Um, That's fine. <laughs> okay. So uh, what we have in place is I've got uh, a website that works with a, um, a learning platform where I have my courses, mm-hmm. which connects with um, our our CR our, our thing kind of like yours. It's yeah, it's, all in it's one CRM. CRM. The all in one. Email contacts, everything. Email contacts. Mine has sales tracking. It, it can, we can connect it with Zapier. Well, we as if I'm doing it. <laughs> no, <laughs> no my, <laughs> yeah, not me. No, my team. Uh, they they get everything connected, so all the systems are talking to one another. And um, for me, the thing that with automation that was really important was not to try to do everything at once. Like if I'm thinking about going way back, um, first of all, like I started my business without a website. Okay, I just because I I never had the luxury of not having to make money in my business. I always it was always paying the bills. It had to. So even when I was starting out, even when I was struggling, I knew my first job was to make money and right. be able to keep the money. So not instantly yeah. putting it into a huge website. So <laughs> you know, so make money, get clients, first job. But what I did have, actually, I'm thinking back, now I'm walking through, <laughs> is I did have something to send emails through. Mm-hmm. So I had a basic CRM. I think it was constant contact is what I used back then. So I had a basic email delivery system so I could send it out to a couple hundred people and not have everything bounce back saying, you're sending out too much, e- too many emails from <laughs> right. your personal account, which will happen. <laughs> So from there, then I was like, well, I, I need to do some autoresponders and things that are a little more complicated. So I upgraded to another system that was pretty clunky um, for a non-technical person. And, and then I just started adding pieces. And, and frankly, it's one of the reasons why, Mary Sue, I feel so comfortable recommending yours because it's easy to use this piece and then use this piece. And like, be able to not get overwhelmed by having to do everything. Yes. Yes. So, and I just want to go back. You have, you have a CRM where your contacts are, you have an email system, which is really marketing automation because you're able Mm -hmm. to do the auto response and then put them into a drip campaign where emails are going out on a schedule. And then um, you have an online appointment scheduler. Yes. Um, and you probably also have landing pages that maybe are not connected to your website. I'm not quite sure, or maybe they are. Yeah, we, we don't know. We like, somebody else does that piece. Yeah, well, no, we <laughs> well, we moved everything over to my website at the recommendation of my web designer. Okay. And yeah, there was, but yeah, we we had some landing pages that were built outside of the website, and this is the evolution. This is the evolution of it. What what gets people really stuck is trying to get it perfect, and. Yeah. I will tell you, unless you work with real assholes, people understand if things go wrong. I mean, so try things, put it out there. I'm sorry. I'm swearing on your first podcast. I don't even know if that's, (laughs) you're like, oh, crap, I'm going to have to delete this. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. We're all adults. I I target adults, not children. Um, Well, yes, I I agree with you. I, I am definitely a proponent of imperfect action. Um, 
Like I, I, I tell people all the time, I'm not a great marketer. I'm just consistent at it. Yeah. Um, and it, the, in my message evolves, I get better at it. And that's better than waiting until I'm perfect. I don't even know how you would get perfect if you wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you get poor while you get perfect. I will tell you that. Ooh, I, <laughs> I just made that up. You need to quote that one for yourself. <laughs> so how, how did you select tools along the way? I mean, it sounds like you were kind of picking them as organic, more organically as you needed to solve a problem. Yeah. At the beginning, I was really picking them one by one by one by one. Um, I didn't have advisors. I, I, I'm, again, I'm just hard headed. Um, and I didn't ask people. And that's one thing that I, I do much better now is I ask around and I've got, I've got a lot of tech people in my life now and they don't always agree. So I, if you are asking for advice, if people are asking for advice about things, you have to have enough knowledge about what the outcomes you want and what is most important to you, because you have to be that referee. That's what I found myself recently is kind of this referee. And it's like, okay, Gabe said this, and Rachel said this, and Diana said this. And what I know is I want this. So let me check with everybody. Say, here's the opinion. Okay. And just referee it all. Because yeah, <laughs> I should go crazy. But in the beginning, I was just picking and choosing, and it wasn't—it wasn't terrible, but it definitely wasn't the best way. And I think people now know that they—they have more resources, they have more people they can reach out to. Um, I love—I love sending people to you, Mary Sue, because you are able to listen to them and go, "I have a solution," or "This isn't what you need right now," or "What you have already works." Uh, and I always trust that you've got that—that that expert perspective that you're going to offer someone and it's not like hard selling people like yeah, oh, I, you have to get the work smarter digital. <laughs> I know. I don't, I don't like, I don't like doing that. Also, um, if they're not a good fit, then it would be a terrible experience for me yes. too. So, and them, and I want people to use the tools they have and be successful using them. So <laughs> It's yeah. Not, and also right sell them. you have to give them the benefit of your expertise. If what they have and what they want to accomplish are never going to, never going to meet in the middle and right. being able to be honest with people and treat them like grown ass adults. That's very valuable too. <laughs> yes. And I, I agree that you really do need to have a strategy related to what you want as your outcome. And, um, yeah. Uh, the, the most important thing, I call it like a burning platform when you're moving to a new tool is what is that burning platform or mm -hmm. what is your big, hairy, audacious goal, um, that you think that that technology is going to serve you. Cause if you don't have that, then you're going to, um, just meander all over the place and you will never get like get through that change process because mm -hmm. you'll want to stick with what was comfortable but if you have a burning platform, you will move through it because that's driving you more than the discomfort of the change itself. Yeah. And one thing about changing systems or starting systems or anything, and I'm sure you advise your clients this way, don't do it when you have to do it, when you've got a deadline of two weeks out. I mean, seriously, it is, it's painful and it is painful enough. There are so many details um, everything that you can foresee. And then there's about, you know, there's a bunch of things you're not going to be able to foresee. Give yourself time. You know, I, I yeah. was switching systems and I gave myself the grace of like four months. Wow. Yeah. And it's still, it's, 
it's still challenging because you get down to the wire and then you really have to make those decisions. You have to press the button. It's like, oh. <laughs> okay. Yes, no. It's scary. It's scary. So I think, I feel like you've covered some of the, your lessons learned with even selecting tools and implementing them. Um, any, any other last words of wisdom related to the, the tools you use in your lead gen? Well, Okay. Two things. So one is, you know, don't be afraid to offer value. Like when you're sending things out, when you've got your, your autoresponders or your, like my follow-up campaign after my um, speaking events, it's got access to my book. It's got access to my, my networking group. It's got, I mean, it's got access to a bunch of stuff. You want to be nurturing people. And that means giving, don't be afraid to give. And especially women, we are more, we are more, uh, we're more givers. We're just, we're very more comfortable giving. Right. Remember to ask to receive because if you don't, you're actually making it hard for people who would like to work with you yeah. to figure out how to work with you. So <laughs> ask. I, I just recently rebuilt or not rebuilt, built a more robust uh, prospect follow-up because people, when they talk to me, are not ready to like hand over their credit card that minute. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, I need a little nurturing sequence after the discovery call. Mm -hmm. And it's about like, how do you move? What do you need to be prepared to do? All, you know, it's like those kinds of questions that people ask me. So I just dripped it out, but I added in at, you know, get started or, or, um, and I felt, I was like, this is too many times. (laughs) Tried to do it like least once in email, sometimes twice, depending on the topic of it. But, um, yeah, it does feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And the thing to keep in mind is that there are the, and again, this is look at how you behave with your own stuff. Okay. When you get an email and you skim through it and there's a question in there, there's like good information or a funny cartoon or something. And it says, Hey, you want to get started and work together? If that's not you, you're just like, skip. You just don't even, there's not a lot of energy around it. I mean, very rarely are like, Oh my God, I can't believe they're asking again. No, shoot. (laughs) <laughs> just goes right. But if you are in the market and someone doesn't ask for it and you have to hunt for how to work for some with someone, yeah, again, you you're gonna you're gonna skate off. You're so gonna give you're up. making yes. <laughs> so asking is serving the people who want you. Yes. And well, it won't is- even ping the radar of people who don't. <laughs> and we yeah. tend to cater to the people who we might offend. Yeah, the one percent that would be offended for, for you asking for business. It was business you would never want anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this has been full of great insights and um, nuggets of information, as always, Mary. Um, I appreciate you being my first guest. So how can people stay in touch with you? The best thing to do is to go to my website, simply get clients. And there are all kinds of resources there. There's blog, there's there's a section with podcast and stuff. But I think the easiest and most fun way to get connected is right smack dab on the homepage. There is a quiz because the thing that people most often ask me is like, what should I be doing first? How do I cut through all the noise? And what is the first thing I need? And I think it's like a 10 question quiz. It's very quick. And you get this quick report of here's the thing you should be focusing on first. And then you get, so you get this kind of a standard report on the website, but then in your email, 
customized to your answers, you get a lot more detail and advice and so forth, which really digs deeper. So I would take the quiz, simplygetclients.com. That's the best way to get uh, connected. And then we keep you in the loop with, with everything else we do. Awesome. And where can people find you on social media or what's your favorite place? Um, you know what? I've got a real, uh, like, I love, I, I love, I love two, I love two platforms. Okay. So we can let you do that. I love, I love Facebook because I have a community group called, um, big impact business owners. Um, that's the group that I, 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 created with for the pandemic, frankly. Mm-hmm. And that's where it really like started to take off. We started doing the Watch Us Thrive networking calls and so forth. Um, so that I love. Um, but I also love Instagram. I love just the the pictures and the fun and the quotes that I put out and stuff like that. Have so. you started doing reels? I have not started doing reels. Okay. I just, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a stick in the mug, but I would rather go do some speaking inquiries and just get my ass on stages and <laughs> teach people stuff. So I don't know. <laughs> Hear you. Ah, well, um, thank you all for listening. I totally love this episode of Lunch and Legion. Um, and if you did, you can follow us on lunchandlegion.com to join the conversation, access show notes and links that we'll be sharing to get in touch with Mary and um, just discover some fantastic bonus content. So thank you for joining and have a great rest of your day. That was the greatest thing I've ever heard.